everybody, this is Coffee Chug, and I am so pumped for you to listen to this episode, because here's what it is. You know by now that this podcast is titled Living on the Edge of Chaos, and this episode truly embodies that. What we did was an actual kind of conversation experiment. We pulled five other educators, or there's five educators total, and we sat around our podcast studio. We each came with a topic that we agreed not to share ahead of time. And we went and built an authentic audience or conversation around these topics, each giving one about five minutes. We had no idea what people were bringing to the table, and so the conversation was authentic, genuine, and we were not prepared for a scripted type response or answer. The questions and topics brought are mind-blowing. We hope you enjoy. Leave comments, questions, things you like, dislike. If we said something wrong, call us out. You name it. Let us have it because this was a blast. We had so much fun doing this that we hope you enjoy as well. We look forward to your feedback. You know, even if you have a topic for an upcoming episode, if we do this again, feel free to drop us a line, let us know, and we'll bring it in. Um, So without further ado, let's jump into episode 37 of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast, where we are truly living on the edge of chaos in this conversation. You're going to see a side of teachers that we don't always get to share, and that's why this is so amazing. Welcome to the Edge of Chaos podcast. This is the real experiment. The title's coming to full flush. We have here uh, a bunch of educators, and we're just going to shoot it straight from the hip wherever that takes us. So um, let's just jump in right to the first topic. Let's just cut to the chase. No fluff. Brett, why don't you drop your topic? Maybe I should back up. Here's what we're going to do. We're each going to have a topic we have not shared or discussed, nonetheless, uh, your name is Nikki. Um, And we're going to have a conversation, and we're just going to bounce around. So we are not prepared for what everybody has brought to the table today. So we're going to start off with the man that hangs out in left field. Brett, what do you got? And this is going to be crazy. I I feel like I went too deep with this. I'm not. I really wasn't trying to. But, okay, so... The, the thing that is driving me nuts right now, and it's, this is a, okay, so. I'm sorry, Brett is really in his element right now. Does I anybody feel like notice this? I seriously just. Like, this is Brett's, this is where you are. Uh, this, that's where life. I want to be. Yeah, this where is I good. I'm sorry. No, I, okay, so this has to do with, like, dual consciousness. <laughs> it's, it's just, maybe it's too deep. But there's, there's, like, these studies that people have done where, when people have like the middle of their brain damaged, 
And so you got a right and a left brain, and your left brain is what verbally communicates everything, and, and you've got each side is controlling uh, one side of your body, essentially. Can you make like a graphic organizer for this? I could, and I could, I could separate it out. But here, here's what it is. When they've done studies for people who have like damage in the middle of their brain, they find that each, of, each half of their body reacts differently to different cues. So like they'll show somebody something with their right eye and something with their left eye, and they'll say draw it, and each hand draws something different. Or they'll ask them, are you a, are you a Christian or are you an atheist? And each hand will write out different answers because there is no longer communication between the right and the left side. And, and it's basically leading to the conclusion that there is like a suppressed right consciousness in your brain. And then in the left side of your brain, which is the verbal you that, that we all know and, and can hear, that that side of your brain is actually just communicating for your entire body and, and just basically doing everything that is you. But that there's this also this part that's like, hidden and unearthed and so there's like videos of people who uh this is these are specific cases where it's it's damaged and so they're separated like they'll pick up like a protein bar on their other hand they'll hit it out of their <laughs> out of their hand or like they'll be talking to someone and they'll just like reach into somebody else's purse and grab something out or they'll like start unbuttoning their shirt as they're having a conversation it's there's so this like is this is the drunk you this it could be and it, it the, could be half of you is drunk all the time and the other half is who you are when you're sober. And, and I mean, that would be like an explanation. Or is would it that... be like people who have Alzheimer's, when they finally get to that deeper level of Alzheimer's, is that the other conscious that reveals? Like sometimes you have someone who's like been nice other years, and when they get to well, that yeah, level, they, they come really mean. mean. Like it's like they this do get whole mean. <clears throat> Or maybe it's who you are the whole time. What? Maybe yeah. it's really who you are. Like that a hole of a person is who But if you you're dual are. conscious, which one's the real you? And that's the thing. Like, you think of, like, the the devil and the angel comparison? Yeah. And I I think that that's the reference that comes up is that there's, like, this part of you that that wants to communicate, and then there's this part of you that gets to communicate and gets to have all that interaction. And it it just messes with my head because, I mean, there's parts of it that make sense and there's parts of it that But it's kind of (laughs) mind-blowing. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at. And it, I don't know. We've been talking about consciousness in class and... I just, oh, it's uh, just really hung up on it. Yeah, and I'm I'm so hung up on it. And there's, just there's all these little. I don't know. I don't want to get into like a. a you know, I'm just talking the whole time. There's just so many crazy things with consciousness that, that I can't even fathom, and I don't know. It just blows my mind. So you, do you just want to talk about the possibility of it? Is that your? I think you just is yeah, it's just emerging it's like, it's just like, Tuesday thoughts. Research. What do we yeah. think of it? Yeah. Um, I think. That from this point on, I will be blaming everything bad I do on my other part of my brain, and I'm going to say I have some type of injury. Well, that's fine. <laughs> you think I'll get away with it? I feel like that was the class consensus. I today. think I'll be able. <laughs> that was all. That's what the kids said. I heard oh, the kids. Well, I'm, then I'm a 12 year old at heart. <laughs> a mean 12 year old at heart. You know, that's bad. And then, you know, some of them blamed it on, like, oh, well, you know. So does that happen based on, like, you get, like, a like an injury? Like a brain injury that leads to this? Or just yeah, wake up one day injuries. with dual? Well, they used to do surgery to cure, to treat epilepsy. And they'd, like, cut that part of your brain. It's, 
yeah, I'm not going to get into medical terminology, but they yeah, cut the part the, of the brain. It's the corpus callosum. Okay. Thank you. They, there you go. They cut it to, so that if you have seizures or whatever, it will only be on one side of your body, so it takes some of the stress off of the body. I'm glad the medical professionals have entered into the conversation. Yep. This is, he was uh, Googling it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, well, <laughs> I had the phone, but in my head I was like, that's corpus callosum, right? And I looked it up real quick to be sure, yeah, that's... That's what it is. And so, like, it also, though, when it's severed, they talk about alien hand syndrome because yeah. your hand does whatever it wants. Like, you don't control it all the time. So, it's a movie. Yeah. Remember the comedy, like, where There's the guy's like one hand, movie. like, from the 90s? And he, like, keeps trying to kill people. Uh, I do remember that. It's, it like, was, a really uh, bad 90s movie. Like the Adams family with Idle hands. hands. Yeah. Idle hands. Idle hands. That is it. Yeah. yeah. I, that used, used to terrify me. Thing. Thanks for putting me into remission. <laughs> oh. Losers. But no, that's that's all I have. It's heavy. That is I, heavy. I, maybe I went it's a, a little heavy too topic deep. Today. It, is, it is heavy. Okay, yeah. I'm Since your heavy. topic's so heavy, I should probably just drop mine since mine's even deeper. Just drop it. Oh, Jesus. Mine is a question. And mine is, when you write something with a pencil and then you erase it, where does it go? Okay. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, no, this is, actually, this is a cool... Uh, there's actually a good relation here to deleted files on the computer and how when you like delete files on a computer where do they because we don't really think about it you know but there's they space there they go to the there, trash bin and they, yeah, and <laughs> and they, they cover forever. them but what is the trash I mean it's not like they like shoot out a little puff of gas in the back of your phone like they don't okay. just disappear into nothing and I think I don't know there's probably a little because you overwrite it they get reallocated to different uh so when you delete something, it just gets rewritten. But that's different that's than a pencil and eraser. I mean, like, there's like no... Like, I had a tangible idea that was visual, and this little pink eraser, like... Just... I know. Well, still, well, I well isn't the imprint still there? Don't they do that in, like, forensic science? And can take something that you wrote on and erase everything off, and they can bring all the writing back just based off the imprint so from the pressure? Erasing it at a visible level. Right. But it's still You there. can never erase the ideas in your mind. Oh, Aaron. my God. That is beautiful. But what if you get a head injury like the one he's oh, talking well, then about? Oh, jeez. Then you're right in Then you got two hands writing two different things. I have a theory about what Are you does. talking, like, at a physical level, or are you talking, like, at an idea, or just in general? Just Maybe in general. Right like, I was blown away by the idea... Uh, you're right like you see it like I first thought it was physical like you have these little like scraps of eraser but like can you reassemble can you remorph but I guess it applies to like digital files like can you like put go. the pieces of lead back into the exact same place is that what you mean I don't know like is it gone is it always gone I think it goes to have anybody seen inside out you guys yes. seen the Pixar yeah. movie? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had a moment. Yes. Don't. I can't wait to see what this is So good that you guys cannot see my eyes on this. Yeah. Well, oh, we actually can. Really. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, guys actually rolling across the table right now, yeah, if geez. anybody is curious. Okay, so in Inside Out, if a memory, like, isn't important, like, the memories we forget, they go just to this, like, database. And there are little workers in Inside Out that store the memories, and like they're not important, and sometimes they have to be cleaned like out. And then marbles. they're just then they're, they're like little marbles, and then they're just erased forever. And like the imaginary friend is in Inside Out, and he's trying not to be like fully erased. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if just like in our brains, because Inside Out is totally nonfiction. Just to double check. Based on a true story. True story of my life when I was a child. Yeah. So I, maybe there's just like some database where all the little eraser pencil pieces go and. It's never really gone. That was deep. 
Drop that one into the deep end. Yeah, that was definitely just as heavy. <laughs> hey, well, uh, Nikki's no, I... goes even heavier. Mine's not even heavier. <laughs> I'm, I'm really terrified of what um, I've got on the table. Do, are we moving on? Yeah. All just, right. No, I, I, okay, I so I'm going to move on to mine because I had a lot of time to think this weekend. <laughs> um, I, well, I stood in line for two and a half hours for the opportunity to purchase a single bottle of beer. Um, I went to Proprietor's Day in um, Chicago at Goose Island, and I was baffled, would be the word, at the thought of waiting in line for two and a half hours for something. And I started to think about it, and I'm not going to lie, I bounced around with Brett a little bit, and I kind of was questioning, would you wait for two and a half hours just for this experience? And that got me thinking about what would you guys do? Would you Have you ever waited in line for something that long, and would you or why would you? Yeah, so this summer when we went to Chicago with the Wyckoffs, we waited for like two and a half hours to eat at that pizza place. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... Uh, I would say it was well worth the wait, but while we were waiting, we were like, there's no way this is going to live up I was to pretty sure I was gonna what die. it was going to be. But, yeah, it was super worth it. The pizza was delicious. The experience of the restaurant was really cool, so mm -hmm. I didn't mind once we were there, but definitely standing in line. And I was standing in line. We were, like, sitting on the ground outside because there were no chairs or anything. And we've been walking around Chicago all day. I looked like I'd been through hell and back. Like, I looked... And they don't, like keep, at that restaurant, they don't take a waiting list. The manager goes by sight. That's like their thing. So like, you hope to God he doesn't forget you and just realizes after like two hours that, oh yeah, you guys have been here for a while, you can come in now. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting, but I thought it was worth the wait because the product was good and, you know, it was a good time, but I don't know if I would do it again i'm just not a, i'm not a line waiter so I, I feel like i was just i was socially thinking about what i was doing as i was standing there just following these people to do this it's like such a follower mentality yeah. and i was just very thrown off by the fact that there's i mean i think there's probably 1,000 people waiting to do this and it just seems so bizarre to me why 1,000 people are waiting and i think the windshield is 22 degrees and not only to get not a free bottle of beer but to have the opportunity to purchase a bottle of beer. And I know there's more to it, like the cultural and everything right. that, go, that goes with, like, craft beer and Chicago. But it's such an interesting concept when you really think about it. But do you have to, like, technically be in line? You have to be in line. I mean, but for your question, like, do I actually have to be in line or is it, like, waiting? Like, in, 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 I, I like, think... Like, is it, like, waiting, like, we waited for four hours to see Drake, even though I wasn't in a line? Or is it, like, in a line, I like, waiting for a roller I think physically waiting in line is a different animal than waiting... For four hours to see a concert when you're sitting in your chair or I've sat before on my computer and waited for tickets to post so I can buy them really quickly there's something different about the fact that I stood there with a like thousand other people standing, like yes. a part of a I mean it's not like a movement but it was very interesting to me to look you were a part of a culture of people that believe right. in the same thing that all looks exactly the same um I guess waiting in line on for roller coasters that. that's probably the only thing I've actually waited in line to be like for like the dragster at Cedar Point when it opened, we want to be the first people on. Right. And we waited in a turnstile line. I think literally almost three, three and a half. But hours. don't I mean? Yeah. Black Friday. There's so many mixed say, feelings when you're Friday. waiting in line. Like, there's I like anticipation. There's excitement. There's like, why in the hell am I even doing this? Yeah. There's the anger. There's, there's, a, there's there is a, a great like, deal of anger. Be great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a psychology to it. And there's also uh, one of the podcasts she brought it up. It just. It's crazy how people value things also based on the weight because it does add to the 
the waiting aspect of it. And when uh, the podcast from, uh, that I was listening to was talking about probably the same pizza place you were talking about, and they went through the line and they were talking to people like, uh, how much would you pay to jump line? I mean, you can't do it. There's like uh, etiquette and people get mad and they'd stop you or whatever. But like, if you could go, these are people who are like 40 minutes out. Like if you could go right to the front, how much would you pay for this slice of pizza? And it was like, you know, normally it's like seven bucks. And they're like, oh, I'd, he's like, would you pay 18, 20, 25? And like, there were people, just to save time, there were people who were like going as high as like $25 for one slice of pizza just to, you know, just to, to cut that time. It's kind of like Disney with the fast pass yeah. now. Like, mm-hmm. you pay that extra money to not yeah. have to wait in line. Like, they're banking on you not wanting to be miserable. But that demand, the demand aspect of it, it plays into the psychology of like, and that definitely played into what we were doing. Yeah. So it was like a limited release batch of beer. It only comes out on Black Friday. And the people who want, I had to win a lottery just to attend this event. Um, it's a limited batch and we're getting it like a week early. Right. So it's, I mean, but still like being in a line is such a part of like your entire life. I mean, from the beginning of school, you're taught how to be in the line. And like you said, like the social mm-hmm. norms and regulations of not cutting. Yeah. It, it just like, for some reason, I could not like wrap my head around it why I was doing this. Cause I'm just not, a, I'm not that type of person. I would never do Black Friday. I would never do any of but that. But they made, they rigged it to make you feel important. Like you won this lottery. Right. You're special. To come be miserable and hopefully yeah. maybe talk about how miserable waiting in line for three hours is, and it's it's free advertising. It's like a bonding. It's experience. free advertising. Also, it brought us together, <laughs> though. No, no, you you know start what's... to bond as a line, yeah. oh, like yeah, you become. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, this bonding experience, and all of a sudden you just feel like <laughs> this is just like we're family. Yeah. Like we're waiting together to and then do you go this. your separate ways and never. And I'll never see those people again. But what an intriguing concept even as an adult now, that that's like something that came back into my life. And I guess I've, I think maybe once or twice waited to be like in a general admission seat in a show, but maybe I care more about music. So maybe that's why it felt different for me where this felt more like a chore. Like I, I just didn't understand. Well, and there's, there's like a, there actually is a kind of a positive look on how people act when they're, I mean, we think of like cutting as like a horrible thing. One of the other experiments that they did was they had people, uh, this was like a line where it took like 30 minutes to get food or something. And they'd have somebody come up and say, hey, can I just, and this was the second person in line. Hey, can I just go real fast? I'm in a hurry. I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks. And the person there would, generally speaking, say, give them the benefit of the doubt. No, I don't need your money, you know, and just fill in the blank in their head. Hey, they're probably here for a good reason. But if you did it the next day for even more money, like, hey, hey I need in here real fast. Here's $20. Then they'd refuse. And so, like, just, I mean, they give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, it, it's weird to think that. Because cutting has such a horrible connotation, <laughs> but you also fill in the gaps for what that person's rationale is for doing it. And I mean, a lot of times they'll get people and think, "Oh, you we know, they've got to get yeah. somewhere. Their wife's pregnant, or you know, whatever." You see, like in the, in the pit section of like Dave Matthew concerts, people, get, girls always get away with it, but guys try to. They always get blocked. They're like, "Oh, my girlfriend's up there." And the guy will never get through, even if his girlfriend mm-hmm. is. He's probably the one that went to go get stuff for the girlfriend in the first place. No one ever believes him. But a girl's like, my boyfriend's up there. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Like, oh, she, she really and, needs to get And then you see it, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, that whole, like, you know, fool me once. Or if you're the first guy to blast through the electric, but after you're, like, the 20th guy to try to get in front, like, you, it's, I, now you said that, it makes me think, like, I remember, like, we formed, like, a wall. Like, yeah. we, like, like locked team. our arms. Yeah. Like, no one's getting well, through. You even think of driving, too. Like, the, the lane switching, you know, when you're in line in construction. Oh, and how people will, people like, don't get want over a zipper. and block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is like, yeah, you build those alliances for out of necessity. That's funny. Yeah, so there's my, uh, there's my piece today. 
That was a deep thought. Thank you. More props to you. Thank you. Thank you. I think we all learned something. Yeah. Everybody, be what in line I, this week. What I've got is going to take me a minute to explain, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And I, Here we go. <laughs> I explained it. I asked this question one time when we were driving to a conference. It was like Barnes and Burke in me. And so we're in this car and we're just playing like, um, would you rather type of things. Appropriately, we were playing Would You Rather while we I were I didn't know there was an appropriate way to play. Okay, and I came up with a Would You Rather, and I can't remember how I exactly worded it, but it made all of us go like, oh my god, like, what What would I do? Okay, so my idea is like, would you rather do something that was important in some way, but maybe not like crazy world changing, and everyone know that you did that and helped someone or a few people, like everybody would know. Or would you rather do something that could totally change the world, like end like poverty for everybody, end world hunger, create world peace completely, like something ginormous you were totally responsible for it, but no one ever know you existed and you were responsible for it? Because I feel that as a people, like especially teachers, I think that we like to be recognized, recognized for what we do, for sure, even if it's something small. And it takes a staff so far. And I know this isn't necessarily education related, but even just as people, I think that we like the recognition. So I'm asking, would you rather do something that's like, eh, kind of important, whatever, like not going to be a huge deal? Everybody know that you had a part in helping with that. Or would you like bite the bullet, do something totally world changing, completely change the world for the better, but no one ever know you had any part of it. You get zero recognition for it. Well, there's a socially acceptable answer here. And there's I want to know the real But, I mean, honestly, if you ask that question, you're, I bet you 99% of the time they're like, oh, yeah, I would definitely, you know, want to. I would want recognition. I just, for sure. So I don't know what I would I, do. I just mean, like, the socially acceptable answer that everyone's going to say is that you're going to do the thing that's going to change yeah. the world in a drastic way and have nobody know. I mean, that's what any normal person on the street would probably. Well, what do you four hooligans say? I, I you know, and I, I, you want to hope that if you're given that choice and <laughs> you've got to make a decision that you know you'd lean towards the non-recognition at least i there's a personal part of me that wants to say that i'd lean towards that but i think that there's also a power that can come from the recognition that you'd get so you do something and you get recognition i think there's a power to that too and i think you could enact continuous things from there and I, so i mean it's not like it's all blind or not you know i, I think that there's also a power that comes from the awareness that you'd get. I think I'm going to have my corpus column severed, and I'm going to have part of my brain take the recognition, and the other part of my brain solve the world. I would probably do it for recognition, in the hopes that it would lead to maybe something greater that would help. And I guess it also depends on but how I know what, great what that it is. Important, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. It's hard for me to say without me knowing what my important thing I'm being recognized for. Okay, here. Let's say you stop, like, a shooter, and you save somebody's life. In the school. In it's the somewhere. School. You're I, you don't have to bring it to the school. Okay. But somewhere. School. You always got to take it. So you, like, stop a shooter, save, like, maybe a small group of people's lives. And everybody will know. Like, you'll be a hero. But you could do something that would stop anyone from ever getting shot again. Maybe some, like, type mm, of technology. Yeah. Like, that truly would impact someone's That life. would be motivating enough for me to definitely take the, the high road and stop yeah. it forever. And never, and I mean, not get any like recognition. What comes first, it, it depends on the age. Yeah, right. 
What? <laughs> no, I'm but yeah, that does show that depending on what the situation is, that answer can vary greatly. But if I need a fork in a the road, then obviously you would pick the technology that would prevent me from being in a situation where I'd have to take a bullet for someone. Yeah. You never get recognized for it. Like years and years and years Do later. you get paid for it? No. Oh. Saving thousands of I would say you, you get zero <laughs> for it. There. I don't know. But that also benefits me. Like that, that example is like, like you said. That's going to save, they could put me in a position, a better position for the rest of my life. So in the long run, I'm making myself safer and those that I care about safer. So that would be enough. And like you're sitting around at your dining room table and like your husband's like, did you see this new technology that stops people? And you're like, well, but you also, interesting. Isn't that like sometimes the, it's not always like good either. Like the technology might not be, like you create a technology that stops people, but then there could also be like a, normally with those things, there's a side of it that also could yeah. potentially lead to darker paths. You can't, black, you can't it. black mirror my. You're basically asking you me like, to be like, 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 like a real world superhero. Huh? So you're basically asking to be like a real world superhero. Yeah, Because no one ever gets to know that you are. Who you are. <clears throat> Batman or Then there'd be no more. Would there be, there'd still be weapons. Well, there'd still be. Still. If we got into the whole gun question, there's, to be, there's a show on AMC that I can't remember what it is. It used to come after her. Better call Saul, where it like goes back into time, and there's mm -hmm. no guns. There's only like hand-to-hand oh, -hand combat. Into the Badlands. Yes, that's it. I don't. I only watched like half of it. Just, Sorry, I couldn't even remember. The name, so clearly, it didn't do that much for me. But regardless, that's one of the selling. That's like one of the advertising points of the show is that there's no longer any like. There's only hand-to-hand -hand combat, so it's interesting to think about because there's still so much violence and so much death. So that's true. That question always like <laughs> we, boggles my mind. We over. Uh, we over like uh, romanticize the past a lot of times too. I and think of that. it as, oh, those were better times. Like, how and, romanticized yeah. is it? You didn't get to bathe, but once, like every six months. Oh, yeah. what a great time! Or that you know, a third of the world's population was dying of horrible diseases. Yeah. Like great times. Like yellow fever. Remember yeah. that book? Oh. What was that? 1963. I don't even remember. Wait, 1690. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, it was before. crazy. Must be a good one. Huh? It was a real. Good. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> really awesome. pushed onto the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, into the memory. it really stuck with me, obviously. <laughs> you got a you got an idea before we yeah. wrap to a close? Yeah, sure. So this yesterday, uh, Angela and I go to Best Buy to look at laptops because ours is on the outs. So we're looking at getting a MacBook for the first time because apparently that's the way to go. So we're talking to this guy in the store. And he's, like, really pumping up Mac. He's had his Mac for six years. My brother's had a Mac for six years. Like, you don't have problems with those. And I was like, you know, it seems like viruses don't happen very often with Mac. And he was like, yeah, that's true, but Mac has their own system. And everybody else runs on the same thing. And he was like, so if I'm making a virus, who am I going to go after? Mac or everybody else? And right when he said that in my head, I was like, oh, my God. Mac's the one creating the viruses that destroys everybody else. And so I just wanted to know, what do you, what do you think? Is it a possibility, one, how much of a possibility? Is there a team at Mac that creates viruses to destroy everything else out there? And two, do you think it's ethical or not? You love a good conspiracy. Though. Oh, I would, uh... I thought you were going to say, I just want to know... <laughs> Are you guys out there? <laughs> yeah, or that. Mac, if you, if you do this, are just, you listening? Give me a Mac, give me a the comments there. I thought he was going to go into like a mic drop, and if anybody listening has any coupons, <laughs> I'll take your coupons. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. And Mac, Mac, we're also blackmailing you for a new laptop. There's that too. But like, we're talking to this guy, and then I just went to another place. I was like, Mac is 
Mac has a team that creates viruses to destroy everything else. If they do, Windows has one too. Theirs just isn't as good. I'm just (laughs) they're just losing that war. Yeah. So what do you think? Is if and if it's if it's something out there? Well, do you think it's it's not ethical? Why not? Business. It's business. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about business ethics. All I know is I'm pretty sure that was a category in business. Billy Madison. That's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's right where my brain went. It's a dog eat dog, it's a dog, eat dog world. So. And the boy. The crazy thing, though, about Society. that is, is a lot of people that are on those, that own those companies are on the boards of other companies. Mm-hmm. So like Tim Cook is also on the board of Nike, which is just a coincidence that the Apple Watch pairs so nicely with Nike products and right. not others. Like, mm-hmm. So it's probably like who the hodgepodge alliances are. Definitely could be. I yeah, I mean I think it's possible. I the market share for Mac for like MacBooks are, is so small. But But it's know. it's becoming so it, popular. Do they have a good mainstream answer for that? Like outside of our software is just that much better? I mean, is there a better Well that's what I'm saying, like my brother's had his for six years, never had a problem. It seems like our laptops crap out every three years, yeah. and but we haven't gone Mac. But Mac's antivirus is so great. But, like, you can go to certain sites and never have a problem with a Mac. And if you went there on your Lenovo, like, yeah. you're toast. I've got a Mac, but it's 10 years and never had a virus. That's what I'm saying. So I honestly believe... Because I'd like to disclaim that we're going to appropriate sites that would not <laughs> warrant any type of virus. Well, I'm like talking like first row sports. I would go and try to stream sports, yeah, yeah. and it destroyed my laptop from college, like wiped it out. But my brother uses it every week to watch Vikings games, so he's never had an issue. I don't know. That's definitely going to ruffle some feathers. Well, way to, like a, uh, Black Mirror way to ruin our, Apple, to ruin our uh, <laughs> Apple endorsement. You just ruined the Apple endorsement. <laughs> what if well, we approve of it, though? Well, oh, I, I just told be, you. I, I don't have a problem it. with it. If you you go out there and find the best hackers and people that make the best viruses and you say program, take out these systems. I don't know what most people do. Like the hackers that violate law, you first one to get hired. By it, that's what I'm people. saying. And like the FBI and stuff, right? Yeah. Catch me if you can. You're right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're really you're a really bad guy. You're doing bad things. How about you come to this side and work for us? And be a good guy. Quotes. There's quotes. Quote there. unquote. <laughs> That's serious stuff. I don't know. It, yeah, I, don't I think it could happen. Ethical? I don't think it's ethical, but it's not against the law. I've That's never. What I'm yeah, saying. I mean, I've never thought about. I've kind of been annoyed when people give you that answer, like we're just that much better than them. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I don't know. All right, well, before we wrap up, any tips, suggestions, or distractions, anti-productivity tools, websites for people to check out before we productivity knock out tools. of here and the bell rings and we move on our merry way for a nice break? I got to find out. Let's let Nikki start because she's pretty hyped. <laughs> um, mine is, okay, I'm pretty pumped. I found a new game, and it's called One Night Werewolf, and it's run off an app on your phone, and I hate board games. And um, I think it originated in Germany. I'm not 100 sure, but I had orders ordered on Prime. But it runs off your app, uh, app on your phone. It's legit. I hate games. I think we played for six hours one night, and I immediately came home at 3 a.m. and ordered it on Amazon Prime. It's totally worth your time. You have to have some sort of board game to go with it. Um, you can order it on Prime, and it's the best. I didn't even think about board one games. Night one Night Werewolf. The app is called One Night. Honestly, I don't mean to pro- – you could probably play it without the actual game itself, but it's programmable. It's kind of like a mix of BS and Clue. Oh, yeah. 
There's a lot of lying. There's a lot of trying to figure out who did what. Um, I don't know. I hate board games. And like I said, I, we couldn't stop playing. It was like addicting. So check it out. Sounds good. I've got a distraction too. And you're going to love this immediately. It's called KanyeZone.com. And it's a game where you use like your keyboard arrows and you take Kanye West's floating head off, like it's not attached to his body at all, and you just like maneuver it around, I guess. Put it so into it heaven where he belongs. Bumping anything <laughs> with Don't Let Me Into My Zone playing in the background. Love that. That, that was pretty great. I'm downloading it currently. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if mine. Mine not necessarily a distraction. It's on Reddit, so I guess it that categorizes as mm. a distraction. But I've got two threads that I follow a lot, and it's it's not. They're not games or anything like that. They're not as flashy. But it's change my view and explain it like I'm five. What? They're they're good threads. I've been hearing change my view for the last two months. I seriously am obsessed with it, and I we know. like it <laughs> runs through my thread, and I'm like. Uh, oh God, I want to change somebody's view. And I, you jump on there, and they they post a question, and then all these people. And it's like relatively troll free. You you actually they do a good job of filtering out like the garbage. And these people like legitimately and it could be anything from like obviously politics is a big thing right now. No. But I mean it could be yeah. And it could go all the way to, you know, like ethical things or I mean it could just be questions about like somebody's personal you know, somebody's personal experience or whatever. And they post change my view and then a bunch of people come on and try and change their view and there's like a interaction and stuff. I love it. And then explain it like I'm five is exactly what it is you post something somewhat complicated and then people try and explain it like you're five to someone as if they're five and it a lot of the things that i'm going to bs about in this podcast are probably taken directly <laughs> off of that because uh so i'm talking like so, a five-year-old is that your and uh, yeah so uh you know my work cited page at the end of this is going to have reddit right there at the top mine is one i've been using for a couple of weeks on the google chrome browser it's called jiffy tab and you add it, and every time you open up a tab, it plays Jiffy TV. It's a nonstop stream of GIFs. And just you can just get sucked into a portal. Like, every five seconds, it switches. And it always stays current. So whatever's happening in, in the current events, it updates itself. And if you want one, you just click on it, and you download it, and it's yours. Question. Great. Clarifying. Is, we talk about this all the time. Is it GIF or JIF? JIF, like the peanut butter. It's got it's Jif. I'll be easy for me to remember now because I love peanut butter. Okay, well I've embarrassed myself. When else is a, a G times. ever pronounced like a J? Oh, whoa, George, some heat, <laughs> George, George. No, oh, there's point. that. All right, that helps because I just never I always called it a GIF. Hmm. All right, well for this bell ring here, quick, did you have one? No, I'm still playing Pokemon Go like it's brand new. But <laughs> <laughs> well, before our bell rings, that's how we operate. Jeez. Leave a comment, your thoughts, if you agree, disagree, anything else. If we said anything wrong, feel free to call us out until the next episode. Keep it real.